Hi, and welcome to the Mindful Shape Podcast. I'm Paula Parker. So I am a life and weight loss coach. It's been a little while since I've recorded a podcast, and I'll just tell you, our family has been going through, I don't know, I'd say a challenging time. Uh, We've just been trying to teach our little guy to sleep without his soother. So if you've ever been through something like that, you know that there is a lot of crying, which we are really not used to because... Um, we've just been really fortunate that our boy is uh, not really a crier except when he has to go to sleep without a soother. Um, so it's been, you know, challenging and we've, it's taken just a lot of mental and physical energy. So I've been really focused on that and uh, my husband has been working a lot. So just been focusing on supporting him, but I've been thinking a lot about this podcast. So I think it's going to be a long one. We'll see how it goes, but there's going to be a lot here and I think it's going to be really helpful for you and maybe something that you've never heard about before that you've never tried. And I think it will really, really move you from, you know, just trying to do a diet to taking it to the next level in terms of a sustainable weight loss program for you. Because for me, when I go off my protocol, it's always because it's a stressful time, right? It's never like, oh, things are just going so great. And then I go off my protocol. I go off track when it's, there's some sort of outside stress, right? That's happening. And when we get stressed, it's like, we just say, you know, I have so much to deal with right now. I can't be hungry (laughs) and be deprived and like feeling deprived on top of all of this as well, right? So if you've ever been in this scenario, I just want to share with you a journal exercise for self-reflection that I do that really helps to keep me, keep me going and get me through and help me get back on track. So first, I'm going to make the case of why it's crucial for releasing weight, self-reflection, I mean, and then I'm going to tell you when to do it and how to do it so that it's super simple and easy and your brain won't put up that much resistance to actually doing it and getting all the benefits. I know that a lot of self-coaching can sometimes be um, just I don't want to say tedious, but there can be lots to it. And so this is just a really nice exercise because it's really brief and it's really effective. So if you've listened to the podcast and you haven't tried any of the self-coaching exercises yet, this might be the perfect one for you. Okay, so why is self-reflection so crucial for releasing weight? So first, I just wanted to share with you something I learned recently, which was that a Harvard Business School study showed that evaluating your efforts had the following results. There are three. One is you were more productive. Two, you felt more confident about achieving your goals. And three, you were you felt more motivated. So all things that will contribute to a more effective weight loss plan, right? And it's Harvard, so, you know. We can trust it, right? Okay, so, but why would this be? I think it's because we can intentionally manage our brain around it. When we evaluate, we get to see everything that's working and not working and make the changes that we need to make. Most weight loss programs will not have this element in their program. And then here's what happens. The typical scenario when we go off our program, when we overeat, is that we then feel really crappy, both physically and also about ourselves. So then we vow to make the change, right? We're going to do better now. We're going to do better on Monday. We're going to do better this week or this month. Then we go into it feeling really bad, bad about ourselves, bad physically, and with a sense of dread scarcity, and really a lack of confidence because maybe we've tried before and it didn't work, 
not maybe. (laughs) We definitely have tried before and it didn't work, right? So we're relying here on willpower only, solely on willpower in this scenario. And then we know what happens, right? The result is we feel terrible and we act as if our plan is the punishment. So we are the toddler and the diet is the parent who we only really want to rebel against, right? So we fight it the whole time with that underlying thought that this is unfair. So I want you to know that this is very normal. You don't have to feel bad if this is happening to you. We all do it. What I really want you to understand is the reason this happens. And often we don't even question it. We just go through it and we think that we just can't do it. We don't have discipline. We're subpar in some way. That's not true. So the reason this happens is because we are turning to action to solve our problem. The action being, of course, the diet. And this is why it fails. Because when we take action without changing how we're thinking, we only have willpower to rely on because nothing has really changed. So I know oftentimes we really want to not feel crappy anymore. And so we do that by taking an action to change things up, right? And that will work sometimes, but it only works so far. It only goes so far because again, as I say, it's all about willpower. The only way to change is by first changing the thoughts that you're having about yourself and your plan and only then take the actions to make healthy choices, eat responsibly and be physically active if that's what you want to do. Here's what really made the difference for me. It was when I understood that you can take the same action, but it can have different results based on the thinking with which you did it. So let me just say that again, because it's so important. So you can take the same action, but it can have different results based on the thinking with which you did it. So I'll give you an example. So I want you to imagine two clients who have 50 pounds to lose. Client one sticks to her plan all week because she thinks her body is disgusting. So every time she gets on the scale in the morning and looks in the mirror, she silently berates herself for being overweight, right? She does not like what she sees and she feels terrible about it. Then I want you to imagine client two. So also 50 pounds to lose. Client two sticks to her plan because she respects her body. So before she gets on the scale in the morning, she mentally prepares herself, reminding herself that this is only a number an indication of what's happening with her weight at that particular time. And it's temporary. When she sees herself in the mirror, yeah, she might notice extra weight, weight that she doesn't want. But she says instead, you know what? That's okay right now. I'm going to love myself in spite of it. Now, who do you think over the longer term is going to be successful in reaching her goal? It's really obvious, isn't it? But I know that most likely you are letting your brain run the show unmanaged. And it's opting for old patterns of beating yourself up. So most people are client one and that's not a problem. It simply means that we have some work to do. So how do you change old thought patterns around your weight loss struggle? How do you go from telling yourself that you're fat and that you suck to loving yourself? It doesn't happen overnight. The first step is to be aware of the thoughts you're having. So notice what you're telling yourself when you get on the scale, you look in the mirror, When someone brings in warm donuts to the office, like what is the mind drama? What are the thoughts that you're having about yourself and about your program and your life? The next step is to examine how your current thoughts might actually be serving you while creating your current results. So two things are happening there. Let me say that again, because you might be like, 
what did she just say? <laughs> I want you to really look at your current thinking and how and what it's doing for you, how it's actually serving you. So maybe it's allowing you to say yes to the donuts and have that immediate pleasure. That's a payoff. Maybe it's keeping you from going outside of your comfort zone or requiring more of yourself. Your unmanaged brain is trying to keep you safe and comfortable. That's its job. So look how it's doing that when it comes to food and your weight. Often we take actions without ever knowing what thoughts we're having. So I want to share with you some really common underlying thoughts. If you recognize any of these, that's really good. It means you're aware and you can be on to yourself. So here are some that I hear a lot. The food tastes too good to resist. Hunger is bad. And sometimes the hunger is bad is not a direct thought, but it's more of a sensation of like, I shouldn't be feeling this way, right? Something is going wrong if I feel a little bit hungry. I know I should eat healthy, but it's too hard. I know I shouldn't eat this or that, but I just need it right now, right? That sense of like, I just need it. I shouldn't overeat, but I want more. And the last one, I really want this food and eating it won't make that much of a difference anyways. So all of these thoughts cause an over-desire for food. It gives food more credit than it deserves, right? It, it adds a charge to food, makes it really important. The food is not the problem. Your desire for food isn't even the problem. That's healthy, right? We need to eat. It's healthy to desire food when you're physically hungry. It's the over-desire and your patterns of reacting to that over-desire that's the real problem. So when you understand that the over-desire is happening and what it's all about, then you'll know why you keep on overeating and you can change it. And there's no understanding unless there's self-reflection. Otherwise, you're simply doing the same thing over and over again without learning anything new. No new information is coming in. Another benefit of self-reflection is that as soon as you do it, it pulls you out of avoidance. So it's like a fresh start. When we self-reflect, it signals to our brain that that was the end of something, like the overeating phase, and this is something new now, say responsible eating. Like we're out of that zone, we're into a new zone, right? When you self-reflect, when you put your pen to paper and write things down, it really signifies a difference is happening. For our purposes, I want you to think of self-reflection as simply careful consideration, and there are two scenarios that require careful consideration. The first is pretty obvious. It's when we've uh, indulged or we've eaten off our plan, right? We've gone off our protocol. So as I mentioned, when this happens, we typically focus on food, not on why we overate in the first place, the over desire. If we can understand that we're conscious of what we're doing, if it sometimes feels automatic for you to overeat, like you're just grabbing the food because it's there, then self-reflection is going to be really critical for you because it will bring that into your awareness. It will bring that awareness piece in that you need to get back into control. When we are aware, eventually we'll be so onto ourselves in our brain that the pain and discomfort of overeating and betraying ourselves in that way is more than the discomfort of not having the food. So this tipping point only happens with practice, but once you get there, it's so, so much easier to leave the past behind and get really excited about the future and what's possible. I know that I was having conversations once with my sister and <laughs> 
we had just both worked on this so much that we just knew that like gummy bears were not going to make things better. And it was like a little bit sad. It was a little bit like, huh, I used to be able to turn to food and just numb my feelings. But now like, it's not even doing it anymore, right? That's where you need to be because then you're basically not getting the same payoff and it forces you to evolve. It forces you to move up to the next level and process your emotions. So the second scenario in which to self-reflect is when you do follow your plan. So this is one we definitely gloss over completely. We think that if everything is working, then there's nothing else to be done. Simply carry on with what's working, right? But there is so much valuable information here, just like when we go off plan. When you understand the components that are involved in your plan working for you, then you can repeat them over and over. If you don't do this work, your brain won't think it's that important and you will forget. Then you'll go through a hard time, like you'll be really stressed out. Maybe you'll be doing sleep training for your baby. You'll go off plan and you'll think, how was it so easy for me before? And you'll feel really frustrated with yourself that you can't sort it out again. So if self-reflection is the key to understanding and solving your problem, why aren't you doing it already? (laughs) Right? Why isn't it part of every diet plan? It's all very rational. We avoid it because it hasn't occurred to us before now. We don't think it's that important. We think we don't have the time. We think maybe it's tedious and it's going to be a lot of work. And really the biggest one is we don't want to examine our overeating because of the negative feelings of guilt and shame. I know that for so many of you, you're really dealing with a lot of guilt and shame around food. And that can be really tough. I totally understand that. And when we self-reflect, we have to feel those feelings like that comes up for us. And if we're really used to not feeling those feelings, not knowing how to process them in a healthy way and turning to food, then this is just going to be really challenging. But I want you to ask yourself, are those good enough reasons for you to stay where you are now? And I'll bet not. I'll bet if you've made the effort to find this podcast and listen this far into it, you want more for yourself than what you currently have. So to help you with that, I'm going to share with you a very simple self-reflection exercise you can do in your journal. Okay, so ask yourself these three questions. One is what's working. Two is what's not working. And three is what will I do differently? So you can do this every day. You can do it at the end of the day or in the morning for the previous day, just whenever you normally do any kind of journaling or thought work. You can also do it just once a week, like for the whole week. You get to decide what's going to work best for you. And the language here is really important because it's neutral. It's not what went right and what went wrong. Feeling anxious or bored when overeating is not wrong, right? (laughs) That was confusing. (laughs) But you know it's not wrong. You are not wrong or bad for doing that at all, okay? But when you feel anxious or bored and you react with eating, it just doesn't work for weight loss. No big deal. It just doesn't work. It's a terrible strategy for dealing with your feelings. When you're answering these questions, what's working, what's not working, and what will I do differently, watch how your brain might start judging. And it's okay if you're not feeling amazing when you're looking at yourself going off plan. All emotions are welcome, but you can just say something like, you know, I'm learning. I'm not perfect, but I'm making some progress. Even the fact that you're doing the exercise is progress. And maybe you say like, I'm doing the best I can right now. 
And another key to this is that you must write what's working first. So our brains will want to gloss over this and say it's not important because of our negativity bias. We'll focus on what's not working. That will come easy to us. That will be very easy for us to spot. But I encourage you to work to override this impulse and teach your brain to find what is working. Right now I'm listening to an audiobook by Mel Robbins. It's her latest one called The High Five Habit. And I'll link to her website in the show notes because she has some really helpful practical advice on behavioral change and self-esteem. In her book, she talks about the reticular activating system. So that's known as RAS, and it's um, basically a network of neurons located in the brainstem. Its job is to filter what's coming into your brain and organize it and make sense of it. If we didn't have this, we'd be bombarded with information overload simply by stepping out our front door. But the cool thing is that we can start training our brain to see what we want it to see. Okay, so Mel talks about how she sets up the intention to find heart-shaped objects all around her. And guess what happens? <laughs> she spots them almost on a daily basis. So to test this and to see how powerful our brains really are at filtering information, filtering the information that we want to see, that we put in there intentionally, I did the same thing. And it worked right on that first day. So I started seeing hearts everywhere. <laughs> so I also um, just wanted to share with you kind of a funny story. So on the weekend, my husband and I were walking. We wanted to get a little Halloween costume uh, for our baby. And uh, so we were walking and I was telling him all about this and I was really excited about it. And I said, you know, why don't you choose something and just see if it works? And uh, he didn't really want to do the heart thing. So he really randomly said, okay, I'm going to do fish. And so I'm like, okay, fish, that sounds good. So we go, we like do our shopping, we separated, he did his stuff, I did my stuff. And then we met up and we we're walking home and so we're walking and I said, so did you happen to see any fish related things? And he said, no. And so I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, it hasn't been that long. Like, let's just keep our eyes open. And literally in that moment, he points to this van and says, oh my God, look. And on the back of this van was just a fish sticker, like some random fish sticker in that moment. So of course, I was like super excited. <laughs> and he was like, even he who's like very, very skeptical. And uh, he was like, pretty amazed by it too. So it's super fun, right? Like, just try, I would recommend just trying it for yourself and see what happens. But it's just showing us that what we are thinking about and what we are looking for, we will see in our lives, right? And if you're not really into woo, <laughs> that's totally fine. This is just how our brains operate, right? So super, super interesting. So if that's why you're wondering about why you want to, you know, when you look in the mirror, tell yourself positive things or look for positive things, this is why, because it will just come naturally to you, right? And you'll start feeling better about yourself. And when you feel better about yourself, you treat yourself with kindness and you treat yourself with respect. You eat in a responsible way and that happens more easily. So you have those three questions and here's a bonus one for you overachievers out there. <laughs> what will the impact be on my life and on those I care about when I'm at my natural weight and I feel in charge around food? So I'm going to say that again, but I did create a PDF handout that goes along with this episode and you can find that on my website at mindfulshape.com 
forward slash resources. Again, that's mindfulshape.com forward slash resources. You can get this PDF and you can get access to all of my PDFs that go along with my podcasts. So the question, the bonus question was, will, sorry, what will the impact be on my life and on those I care about when I'm at my natural weight and I feel in charge around food? And here's some more question prompts just to help guide you in thinking along these same lines. So how would you show up for yourself and others? How would you contribute differently? How would you experience getting dressed in the morning on a daily basis or getting dressed up for events? How would you feel about your future? And how would you feel about yourself? Like where would your self-confidence be? So when you answer those questions honestly, you'll see what's truly at stake if you don't make some changes. It's not really about fitting into those old pair of jeans that you're dying to get into that are sitting in the back of your closet. That's fun for sure. And let that excite you. Absolutely. Like get excited about it. But I promise you, you can use this weight loss game to be about so much more if you look at it that way. It's about your relationship with yourself. It's how you treat yourself and your body. It's about how you think about yourself and what you're capable of in your lifetime. So here's a little tough love for you. If you're not giving it 100%, if you're not going all in, you're just making a terrible trade-off. You're experiencing all of the downside of being overweight and everything that comes with that, all of that pain and suffering for only temporary pleasure and relief. So you're choosing the long-term pain of being overweight and being in food hell over the short-term pain and discomfort of being with the negative emotions that come up when you don't overeat, when you allow your urges. When you can finally figure out what's really going on, you're still going to experience some pain, yes, but it's in service of your evolution as a person. It's in service of your growth. Permanent weight loss is really personal growth in disguise. So to summarize, The three questions to answer are what's working, what's not working, and what do I want to do differently? So the self-reflection here is just really about what's working for you in regards to your self-talk, in regards to your eating plan, your movement, your systems, your structure, your support system, all of that. And then you want to look at what's not working. And then what do you want to change? What do you want to change and do differently maybe in the following week? Self-reflection is key because we won't change our thoughts in the moment of over-desire. It's nearly impossible to turn down a warm donut if we haven't thought about what we really want and our reasons beforehand. The real change comes before and after the moment of over-desire and then manifests as action or non-action. By that I mean like eating the donut or not. So if you would like the handout that goes with this episode that has all of these journal exercise questions on it and a few bonus ones that I didn't mention, you can get that for free on my website. Go to mindfulshape.com slash resources. If you would like to try coaching with me by doing a 30-minute session that I'll feature on the podcast, go ahead and contact me either by booking it right in my calendar or you can email me directly at paula at mindfulshape.com and we can set something up so you You can see that link in the show notes. You can come with either something very specific around food and your weight that you're struggling with, or if you simply want clarification with why you can't keep the weight off, we can coach on that as well. 
And lastly, if you are worried about the holidays coming up and sticking to your plan, now is the time to get support. So don't wait until you're in holiday mode and it's all a free for all. <laughs> Let's set up a call now so that you can continue to lose weight throughout December and into January. Yes, it is possible to continue losing weight during the holidays while enjoying them as well. So you can go to my website, mindfulshape.com, or simply email me to set up a coaching consultation and we can chat about it. Again, that's paula at mindfulshape.com. Okay, so thank you so much for your attention today. And I truly hope that you found this helpful and that you do the self-reflection exercises. You are right on track. Keep going and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.